What's up, Hyperfast Agent Nation? On today's show, I've got an amazing guest. He has built a commercial real estate business by providing value, by becoming a trusted expert to business owners and CEOs. Welcome to the show, Adam Collins. Welcome to the Hyperfast Show, where we believe unlimited growth in business and life is created by surrounding yourself with people who have been where you are going. Learning from others allows you to compress time and grow hyperfast. And now, here are your hosts, Kerry Shaw and Dan Lesniak. Kerry and Dan are real estate developers, best-selling authors, billion-dollar agents, and million-dollar agent makers. And now, get ready to grow hyperfast. All right. Welcome to the show, Adam. I'm super excited to have you on today. You've got a tremendous track record as a real estate agent, so I know you're going to offer a ton of value to our listeners. Before we dive in to, uh, to what we're going to talk about today, why don't you give people a little bit of your background and, and how you got into what you're doing today? All right. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm a, a commercial real estate broker. So I, I represent office tenants in the DC area and with, you know, kind of across the country, you know, I've been doing real estate since I, I graduated from college. Uh, and even before that, and, and real estate has always been a passion of mine. It's been one of those, it's, it's been one of those career paths that as soon as I set on it, I instantly fell in love. I, I love the idea of not only helping business owners, but kind of changing the community a little bit and, and, and making a, a real noticeable effect um, to, to both my clients and the community. And it's just fun. It's creative uh, and it really just excites me. And yeah. How, how has uh, being, you know, off, an office tenant uh, broker or agent, how, how has that changed over the last couple of months? I'm sure with coronavirus, you've had a lot more to deal with probably than like the typical residential real estate agent. Yeah, it, it has been interesting to say the least. It's it's one of those things where there's a, you know, office space hasn't historically been that, you know, it hasn't changed all that much. It's, you know, we went to the open plan a few years ago, but the way we looked at it and viewed it has always kind of been a little bit old school. So it's been exciting the last two months or so, uh, having a lot of conversations with different business leaders, you know, both here in the DC area, throughout the country a little bit. It just, just talk about, you know, what their view on office space is. You know, some people uh, obviously are thinking, you know, this whole work from home thing is going to stick around forever. And that's the the true future. And that's where our workforce will lie. And then, then others are, you know, we're talking about how do we capitalize on the market uncertainty to, to maybe fuel an expansion of their office space that otherwise maybe wasn't the right time? Or, you know, how do we renegotiate rents? Or, you know, how do we create more of a, a collaborative environment? Um, that's kind of the, the middle of the road, either People are, are thinking of expanding or downsizing or getting rid of their office completely. But then the middle of the road is, well, maybe it's it's somewhere in between where we do have remote working as a, a really big part of our business, but also we, we have the, you know, a collaboration space. I think that uh, businesses will find that employees do want someplace to go into the office every day. And that's a big driver in company culture. It's actually the number 
the number two or three reason why employees are looking forward to get back to the office space is because of the socialization, right, with their coworkers, not necessarily to be more productive in the office, but uh, to get that interaction. And, and that interaction is, is, is collaborating uh, on a project. It's, it's mentorship, uh, you know, learning from, you know, some of the senior people in your company and, and demonstrating your value, asking questions and really growing uh, as a professional. Um, that's, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited to get back is to, to be around my coworkers and my teammates at, at, at my company, MGA. And, and to, to learn and grow from them and, and collaborate and come up with, with solutions to problems uh, just kind of on the fly. That, that's, that's, that's where I stand. I, you know, I'm excited to get back to the office, but uh, I certainly, you know, I understand those organizations that are looking to, to reevaluate. Some are downsizing, you know, some are just changing the way that they, they work. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff in, in all of, all, all, of, all of what you just said. I, I think, yes, more people work from home, but I think there's an element of culture and training and collaboration that's, that's just a little different when you're, you're on Zoom or you're at home or on the phone or Slack or Google Chat or whatever, right? So I think, I think, that middle ground is probably where a lot of people are going to end up where maybe they let workers work from home more, but then they have certain days where people come in for collaboration, collaborative work, training, you know, just team building. I, I think there is, you know, humans were, we're a social, like we're social people, creatures. Yeah. Like, like we're not meant to be talking to, to a computer screen all day long. Mm. So I, I think people are going to want yeah. to come into the office still. And, and maybe, don't get me wrong. not as much, but, yeah. but uh, you know, I don't think it's going away. And there's, you know, I, I think the, the benefit of all this is we kind of see, you know, how inefficient a lot of our life was. You know, it's not just the commuting that's inefficient, but meeting people, right? When I'm meeting with uh, not necessarily a client or a prospect, but somebody else, uh, you know, either a friend or a referral partner or somebody that, you know, I work closely with, we can do that on Zoom. Um, you know, we can catch up over coffee on Zoom. And I think that's actually going to be a, a large part of my business going forward is to meet with these other centers of influence, uh, you know, attorneys, accountants, what have you over the internet. So instead of getting in the car or on the metro to uh, to go meet somebody for, for an hour or so, uh, I think that, you know, the video interaction is something that's going to be a large part of our organization or sorry, my, my business uh, going forward. You know, it allows us to, to be just a little bit more efficient with our time. It doesn't replace the in-person interaction, but I think it's still useful to, you know, catch up with people via, via Zoom. Have, have you seen uh, or, or been in talks where, you know, people that are looking at office space or, or, or landlords that are thinking about how to design it, where they're, they're talking maybe about designs that would allow for more collaborative space, maybe less private offices, you know, maybe more technology so that people in the building can easier, you know, more easily connect with people not in the building. Or are you seeing like yeah. kind of discussions take place? Yeah, we're starting to see that. Uh, architecture firms are starting to put out, you know, different ways that, um, you know, different, different, different floor plans, different styles, different strategies, essentially, uh, you know, at our firm, we've got a workplace 
strategy team and, and their dedication is to uh, figure out the most efficient way to, to design the office space. I think that, you know, there's, you know, there, it's, you know, the, the great thing about real estate is it's, it's a one size fits one, right? So there's a lot of different ways and it's to redesign an office space to be more collaborative or just any, any way that you're going to redesign it, it's got to, you got to take a look at your company culture. It's really important to understand the needs of your stakeholders, you know, especially those who are the future leaders of your organization, right? I think it's a big, um, you know, I, I, I always push that people, um, you know, poll or, or, or talk with those, say, under 40 stakeholders in their organization is those are the future leaders. Those are the people that you want to be, you, you want to take note of and you want them to be invested in, and felt heard because, uh, you know, if a lease is five, seven or 10 years, you know, your next office based decision and how you lay it out could very well affect your future executive team. You know, well, they might be, you know, kind of in the middle of their career now. Um, they'll be at the top uh, in, in leading your organization or leading another organization. Um, so to have that company culture that, uh, that, that, that allows people to feel heard and is, you know, beneficial to the employees is, is great for attracting and retaining uh, top talent, especially in a competitive job market like Washington, D.C. is. What's, what's been the impact on your business and what have you what have you been doing to, to lean into it, to, you know, get more business, stay more connected? What are, what are some of the things you've been doing? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've really uh, leaned into this. Uh, I think it's been for me personally, a, a fantastic time as there's so much to talk about when, when I'm reaching out to a new prospect or somebody else and, you know, one of my clients, you know, we're, we're talking about everything from how do we bring the staff back to the office to, uh, you know, how do we realign our, our real estate strategy? You know, we might have had one strategy six months ago, but, you know, this pandemic has caused us to, to reevaluate what we're doing and, and, and how we're going forward. So mm-hmm. me personally, I have um, historically, you know, last year, in the last few years, um, a lot of my business was referral based um, and or, or networking based. And I you know, December or November of last year, so call it six months ago, I, you know, I got the feeling like I had all my eggs in one basket. It was great that my clients were referring me to, the, to other people and that people in my network were referring me and, you know, it's generating business that way. But uh, I realized, well, geez, you know, I, I need to find, you know, other sources of business continuously. So at the beginning of the year, I really stepped up my game in terms of being on LinkedIn, being in people's email inbox, um, both from a newsletter sort of perspective and just something, just constant updates, but also just checking in with them, calling them, being in their voicemail, being on the phone with them and talking to them. Um, so adding a couple of different ways of a phone, email, um, social media, and then still you know trying to do the networking virtually to sort of be able to spread that out and really dive deep into that. I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad that I started to do that a little bit before the pandemic, because the net, guess what? The networking is no longer going to be, you know, is not really a driver of my business. And I, you know, I don't know the next time I'm going to go to a, an in-person networking event. It's, that's probably 12 months away at a minimum or, you know, whenever there's a vaccine. So, uh, you know, I'm fortunate. Hopefully, that, hopefully not that long, but yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I 
I really, you know, I hear everything from it could be as soon as October for a vaccine. It could be sometime next year. So, I, you know, I've got no idea. But what I know right now is uh, <laughs> I certainly need other avenues of, of, of reaching people. And and I've, used, I've tried to utilize all the avenues that I know, you know, uh, you know, LinkedIn has been been really good you know, just to develop a presence, not necessarily prospecting, but to stay top of mind with with everybody in my network remind them you know they they see my name every day uh every day that i post they'll, they'll see my name oh, oh yeah adam does commercial real estate he's talking about commercial real estate he's he's sharing some information uh that that's that's pertinent to me have you had uh from, from that networking you know work that you, you put in uh from the social media outreach that you've done but have you, have you had people reach out to you even during the, the pandemic and yeah and- absolutely so I actually just yesterday I uh, a CEO of a company called me um, he and I met a year and a half ago or so at a, a networking event you know we connected on LinkedIn and he's he's been looking at my posts and so he called me out of the blue just to talk about real estate it wasn't as though um, uh, he necessarily needed my help with uh, facilitating a transaction but he wanted to get my opinion on real estate and that's really my goal is to be the guy that the business the leaders of our business community turn to when they have a thought or they have a question about you know their specific situation or just in general you know just to be one of those those leaders uh, of the industry to be the first person to turn to that's that's a goal of mine is to be the first person that that everybody turns to when they think about commercial real estate uh, and in LinkedIn I think helps that yeah. So seems, I mean, it seems like you're, you've been focused on networking and, and using social media to put yourself out there as someone that people can just turn to just for real estate questions, you know, just for, for questions about their office or, you know, anything you're just trying to be that trusted advisor. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the goal. Um, it's, it's really not about, looking for the next deal. That's where I started, you know, when I first got in the industry and for the first few years, you know, you don't make a lot of money. So you are looking for that next deal, but it's kind of ironic. As soon as you lose that transaction focus, um, you can really start to add value uh, to your clients, prospects, you know, really give them honest opinions um, and share with them information that's actually useful, you know, and it, they don't need to be in the lease signing process or looking for space or need your help. Um, it's about building that relationship. And, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's a lot of it is LinkedIn or um, just different presence pieces, but it's also, you know, I, I'm not afraid to go out and, and actually call on, on these executives and to share some information about this situation or, or any situation or just share with what, share, share with them what other executives are doing and how they're reacting. I think that's usually, I think that's, that's, that's helpful for them to hear is, is how are your peers interacting? You know, cause there are very few people that probably talk to as many business owners or executives as I do, um, especially in our industry. Um, so I, that's, that's, that's my goal is to, you know, just be in front of people and, and, but you have to be able to, you know, get in front of them and call, call them. Yeah. I think, I think there, you know, it, it takes a lot of, discipline and a lot of effort but the the rewards are very very 
exponential. Like, like if, if you're able to, to put in time, just, just putting out information, asking questions, you know, getting, getting people's opinions, learning about their, their needs where you, and you're developing relationships, right. And not just seen as the guy who's looking for the next transaction. Like, I, I think if you can do that, there's this, this huge long-term benefit and, and too many people just, you know, maybe start down that path, but, but don't get immediate results. And you're, and you're not going to always get immediate results. This is a longer term strategy, right? So some people just, just quit too soon, but it seems like you've really mastered this in, in your space. Uh, this idea of putting out great information, putting out good content about commercial real estate, about office space. And, and this is, you know, led to these, these CEOs, business owners now, even in the midst of a pandemic, like reaching out to you to, for advice. Right. And some of them probably you maybe are, are just nervous, don't know their next move. And, and you're one of the resources they use now. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, you know, I, I haven't mastered it, but it's one of those, it's, it's constantly uh, trial and error trying to trying to put out different content at different times, you know, what resonates, that's the most important thing is not necessarily what's important for me, but you know, what's important for you to know, you know, what's going on in the market um, and how does that affect you uh, specifically, you know, where the, where the trends going, you know, what, what should you be concerned with? What are other people doing? That is kind of where the goal is. It's not about just selling like, Hey, MGA is the, the best real estate firm and, and, and constantly just posting that on LinkedIn. That's not necessarily what uh, I'm there for. Just to, I'm, I'm, I'm there to, to share information and, and, and try and be a, as much of a, a thought leader uh, as I can. Where, where would you say supply and demand is now in, in your space? Like has, has the supply of office space changed in the last few months? Has demand changed? Like where, 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 where are we headed with that kind of stuff? Well, I, I think that it might be a little bit early to know where exactly that's heading and where uh, we're going. But I think a, a, there was already in Washington, DC, at least there was an oversupply of office space in general. And, you know, DC we're, we're building, out of all the major metro areas, we're building uh, the third most office space currently. You know, we've got another two million square feet of Class A space delivering uh, in the next couple of years. So there's already a bit of an oversupply, but the market was was okay, much more tenant friendly. You know, six months ago, and now it's even more tenant friendly, and I think it's it's poised to keep going that way as companies look to reduce expenses, right? Um, Real estate is a number two expense for most organizations. Sometimes it's number three. Uh, so, you know, wise organizations, you know, yeah, of course you can try and cut labor costs that, that puts a certain dent into it, but also looking at uh, a real estate strategy. If, if you're looking to reduce expenses and your office space is, is no longer a priority or as much of a priority, or you, you're reducing your full-time employee count in the office, um, you know, people are going to look to, you know, either the sublease market or to give back space to their landlords, which is going to create more supply, even more supply. And, um, and right now we're seeing pretty low velocity of, of, of leases being executed. So uh, space is staying on the market. Um, again, it's only been a couple of months. So 
long-term wise, you know, we're not sure what's exactly going to happen, but I would have to say that I don't see how supply, uh, how absorption increases. And then you look at co-working spaces too. Co-working space in DC signed a million and 1.2 million square feet of leases last year. That's a lot of office space. Those organizations like, like the WeWorks uh, and some of the other co-working providers are not in expansion mode. And in fact, they might be in contraction mode uh, for, you know, depending on, on which organization where their financial footprint is. So, so they're not going to be taking up as much space as they did last year. Uh, other office users are likely not expanding as aggressively as they, uh, not as many organizations are expanding as aggressively as they, they had before. Um, and, you know, hitting that pause button just means that your know, space is going to sit on the market. It's going to become more of a tenant friendly market. Um, it's a great time for, uh, for, for, for tenants because landlords are going to try and sway them to come to their buildings. Uh, and that's something that we had seen in DC for the last few years but it's probably going to be a trend throughout the country as well. Yeah. And I, I think when you have that, that scenario that you described, like unknown future, like we, we don't know which direction it's going to go, uh, you know, potentially less demand. Um, it, it, it pays to have put in the work, networking, putting out, you know, useful content because you're going to be positioned if you have to pivot better than the guy who has not developed those relationships. Like if you had spent the last year to just focus on transactions, not relationships, not providing value, you're not going to have the same ability to make the pivot when it's required. Yeah. That's kind of like, what do you, well, what do you do when the transactions stop? Right. If you're focused solely on transactional work, how, how do you, how do you keep going when the transactions stop? You know, you, you got to focus your mindset to be more relationship based right now. And I, I don't know that there, I think a lot of salespeople in general uh, kind of miss that because they are looking for the next fee. And, you know, I, I, I totally understand that because, look, you got to put food on the table and sales is not an easy job. I don't care if it's commercial, real estate, residential or software sales, right? You, you've got for some people you've got a quota to meet or you've got to make X number of cold calls and you just got to get meetings. You got to get in front of people. You got to, you got to make the sales to, uh, to provide what you think is your worth the company. But really, you know, I, I don't know that so many people want to be sold, especially right now. It's not about selling. It's not about selling your services. It's about helping others. It's about putting in, putting in the work to answer questions, be there as a sounding board, you know, help try and figure out, sometimes very complicated, very pricey problems for organizations. Yeah, I agree. The people that can provide the most value and, and do the most outreach to inform people of the value and just like, how can I help? Like those are going to be the people that, that come out of this uh, ahead in business. So sounds like you are uh, well on your way to doing that. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Are you a real estate agent in the DMV area or thinking about becoming a real estate agent in the DMV area? Why not join the highest selling team in the DMV? The Kerry Scholl team is hiring more agents. We have the best training systems, the best culture, 
and the best environment to get you to the next level, whether that's starting out and getting to six figures or getting from six figures to 250 or to half a million or even beyond. Go to kerryshawcareers.com. Again, that's kerryshawcareers.com. Before we wrap up the show here, I want to do our hyper fast round if you're ready. Absolutely. Let's go. All right. So this is just a series of rapid fire questions and answers. First one, what's your biggest piece of advice for a new real estate agent or entrepreneur? Just keep pushing through. Take note of your your little successes every day. Don't let those uh, little failures failures continue to add up, uh, especially if you're in a long-term industry like commercial real estate, it's going to take you three or four years before you really feel comfortable and you know, you're know you starting to make some sort of money at all. Uh, so just keep pushing through. Keep your eye on the prize long-term. Uh, what about an experienced agent or entrepreneur? What would you tell them? It's consistency. Uh, we all know what to do, but knowing isn't doing. We need, you know, every, I think a lot of us, including myself, struggle with consistently uh, doing what we need to do every single day, especially during the pandemic. A lot of people could be out golfing or, or, or playing video games, but if you consistently do what you're supposed to be doing and you know what you're supposed to be doing, uh, you will succeed. Right, what is the uh, biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how did you overcome it? Biggest challenge I've ever had in business. That's a tough one. Uh, there's a lot of challenges in business. I think even more challenging than the biggest challenge is the lots of little challenges, you know, the, the, the small rejections every day that add up, you know, the first two years of, you know, cold calling and getting yelled at on the phone or, you know, thinking that you're about to close the big deal, but then it doesn't go through because, you know, maybe you didn't know what you're doing. If something, you know, something happened, um, I think those are probably more complicated and, and, and tougher to get through than you know, even the one big challenge. All right. And last one, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. I mean, I think that uh, I'm going to continue on the path that uh, I'm on. Uh, I, I want to continue to be a resource. I think uh, in five years, uh, you know, I hope to have uh, a, a solid team of, of great commercial brokers, uh, working around me, which I, which at MG I have, but more of a, a structured one, uh, you know, the Adam Collins team or something. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of where I, I see myself going. And just to continue, like I said, to be known as the guy when, when a business leader has a complicated problem, you know, where do you turn? And, that, and that's where I want to be. And so, you know, for me, that means I need to keep continuously educating myself on, on everything in the business community around me and, and knowing exactly what uh, a CFO or a CEO might be concerned with. Um, you know, and the only way to do that is by educating myself, you know, reading as much as I can, uh, knowing what's going on in the markets, knowing what's going on in, in the government and around the country. Yeah, no, you got, you got to put in the, uh, the work on yourself if, if you want to, to grow and continue to improve and get bigger results. So I agree completely. Thanks for being on the show, Adam. Uh, if people want to connect with you, what are, what are the best ways either through social media or, you know, however you'd like to be contacted, how, how should they reach out and connect? Yeah, sure. Um, well, well, LinkedIn is a great place to start. Uh, Adam Collins on 
LinkedIn. I'll, I'll pop up. I can, I guess, I give up my, my cell phone number uh, if somebody wants to call me. Um, or is there like a show notes where you guys put that? Uh, yeah, we can put it in show notes and uh, in, in the YouTube description and all, all that. Stuff. Sure. Well, if, if you want to call me, it's 520-850-6451. That's my cell phone number. So, uh, you know, feel free to give me uh, a ring or shoot me a text if anybody wants to talk. Uh, especially, you know, you know, new commercial agents or new agents or entrepreneurs in general. I've had a lot of up and down experiences and, and happy to share. All right. Well, connect with Adam. Thank you for being on the show and to everyone else watching and listening. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.